Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome to the show. This is Dr. Homebrew, and we're here to drink beer, and we're here to talk about beer, and we're here to drink beer. And talk about groundhogs. And talk about ground, ground, groundhogs. If you're like, listening live. Like sausage, you're talking, right? Like like pork sausage. Groundhogs. Like groundhogs. Yeah, literally. Yeah. It is Groundhog Day. Apparently, we have six more weeks of winter, or whatever it is now. Unless you're in Minnesota, then it's 12. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel like it's uh, it's uh, not fair for the West Coast to rely on a, a animal in the East Coast to determine if we have winter or not. You know what I mean? Is it really fair for anybody to rely on a groundhog to determine if we have winter or not? <laughs> well, look, that's that's different. That's different. But uh, uh, you know, you make a you make a good point. I agree that it's not very scientific, but I like the tradition nonetheless. It, it is a is cute tradition, and the movie is good too. And the movie is good. I always took issue with the fact that it's Gobbler's Knob. Like that's a uh, just it seems like knob gobbler and just backwards mm. and it always just makes me think of knob gobbler. I think you're always thinking of knob gobbler. <laughs> I might be. I might be. You I might more with Andy McDowell. I just wasn't really a big Andy McDowell fan. The curly hair, the you know the the white white skin. She's like, so uh, sweet and uh, cute. How do you not like Andy McDowell? That's not the uh, big smile. Yeah. Thing. Oops. I don't understand. Yeah, like the Elaine Bennett sort of hair, like we're sort of pushed back. And the old frizz going on there. Yeah, was that like classic mid '90s East Coast though? The right. whole thing. Well, if it, were, it was actually right outside of Pittsburgh. It would have been a, a bigger hair than that, even more mm. more of a, a poofy thing in the front. That's around when yeah. I, you know, I was growing up in that area. Mm. So, well, she's from New York, though. I think they were just traveling, right? No, no, they were from mm. Pittsburgh. They came up from the they were from the in the movie. They were coming from the Pittsburgh oh. uh, weather. Whatever, you know, whatever station. It was a made-up station on, on the, in the movie, but right. I, I know too much about this. <laughs> yeah, you might. WPXT. Yeah. You might. Pittsburgh. WPXI is the, the, probably one of the stations in Pittsburgh, but yeah, you were close, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't that in the movie. They just made it up. Did you guys just watch this movie recently, or, or no. are you just full of weird I, shit? I've like seen it like a hundred times, yeah. I've seen Obviously. it a lot, too, yeah. Yeah. We're going to leave and go watch it right now. Okay, please do. Did you stream it on your phone? It's playing no. on my phone right now, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Uh, it down, Phil. Anyway, this is Dr. Homebrew again, and uh, before we get too far into beers, uh, I do want to tell you guys about our fine sponsor, Five Star Chemicals, the uh, premier sponsor of the Brewing Network's Dr. Homebrew. They support us. They've been on this show since the beginning, and they're they're good people. They make good product. And they help you make good beer, man. And that's just kind of that's kind of the three G's of of, of five star. 
And, uh, you know, check them out. Go to fivestarchemicals.com. If you see them at conventions, I know they're going to be at the, uh, the National Homebrewers Convention. or Homebrew Is it Con. still Homebrew Con? Did, 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 I think so. It's just a weird name. Uh, they're going to be at Homebrew Con for sure. They're there every year. So be sure to stop by. Thank them very much for being a sponsor of uh, Dr. Homebrew. I think that would be really cool if they just got at least three people that aren't sitting in this room to go up and thank them. There's uh, a line of people, everyone <laughs> yeah, in the line. But they don't, we don't have a question about your products. We just want to thank you for sponsoring Dr. Homebrew. That's what I want. That would make me happy. Next. We want to thank you. That would make me legitimately happy, Brian. <laughs> um, okay, we do have some cool beers. We have Garrett. Uh, let's just call Garrett now. Let's just jump into the first beer, right? Looks like they call it both the National Homebrewers Conference and Homebrew Con. So Homebrew oh, Con is kind of like a nickname. So it's still NHC, but it's, yeah. I was, I, I've been a little confused about that, too. Yeah, well, I mean, I know they switched last year to Homebrew Con just to, like... Give it a shorter name. Yeah, because NHC was a conference or convention, right? Like, which, you know... And the competition, too. I was always confused. What was the competition and what was the conference? Which is NHC stand for? Right. And if you want to go to the National Heartbreakers Convention, then you're just... I've I've been there every year since uh, since I was 16. I'm guessing, uh, yeah, man. I own that place. (laughs) Uh, Garrett, are you on the phone, buddy? I am here. How you doing, hey. man? I'm great. How are you guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. We're just talking about groundhogs. Garrett, you sound a little too sober. I, I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> I'm working on it. Test good. Good, good, good. Just get that funnel and that tubing, man. You know it. Just go to town. Um, okay. Yeah. So we've had you on before, Garrett, but uh, remind me, please, how long have you been homebrewing? Started brewing in 2003, made a whole bunch of really nasty extract beers, got discouraged, took a couple years off, started back in around 2008, um, discovered the Brewing Network, kind of learned what I was doing, uh, went to All Grain, started competing, had some successes there, and uh, just kind of carried on from there. Awesome. What got you back into it after your break? friend of mine asked me about it expressed some interest in brewing and i was getting him started and trying to get him down the path and uh, that got my uh that got my gears turning again and uh and ended up just jumping back into it hmm. okay fair enough uh so what beer did you uh send us today okay so i'm gonna call it a double chocolate milk stout although i don't know that that's an <laughs> accurate description it's a, it's a big milk stout with a whole lot of chocolate in it um, he also hit it with, with some vanilla and some uh, nibs and some bourbon. Wow. Yeah, so it's you know, like the other beers I've sent you. It's a big, complex mess, but yeah. uh, I like it. My friends like it. Kind of quick backstory: There's friends of mine that host a Halloween party every year, and somehow it turned into a thing where I bring all the beer, and this was <laughs> a beer that I brewed for this last Halloween. Okay. Um, there's a milk stout has become really popular here in Minneapolis because there's a couple small breweries that do a really, really good job of it. So it's a style I've liked and it's something I wanted to explore. And this is what I ended up with. Okay. Are you happy with it? What do you, what do you want from us? What do you want from us, buddy? It's so this one's never been judged. So I, this will be my first real feedback I've gotten on it. Okay. Um, I think it could use some tweaks. Um, I was I'm uh, shooting for literally chocolate milk. When I served this thing, I served it on nitro, so it was a great big chocolate shake. But you guys got in the bottles probably a little weaker representation, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. I don't think the carbonation held up too well. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think it can go further, and I need some tweaks from you guys. Let's see where I can take this thing the next time I do it. Okay, perfect, Brian. 
You're up, buddy. Go for it. I really like the aroma on this beer. It's got a pleasant, rich chocolate up front and a, a smooth, light roastiness. Low kind of coffee and cream character notes in there. That, um, the esters are kind of moderately low and out of the way. Um, just a little bit of fruitiness, but not too much. Clean, very cleanly fermented. You know, no problems there. No DMS, diastole, acetaldehyde, anything that would get gnarly in there and make it, um, yeah, hurt. Um not getting any hops in there. Yeah, I'm getting a pretty good dose of vanilla too. I definitely noticed that. It's um, but it's in balance with everything else that's in there. And and since you mentioned the booze, I'm not getting a big barrel character. That might you know, it, it's very background deal kind of mixed in with the vanilla, um, whatever is there. So, um, oh. and that's and that's something that I, I put. Dang near a quart of 1792 bourbon into the keg. <laughs> so you use the smoothest bourbon possible and dumped a ton of it in there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you need to use cheaper bourbon. <laughs> Just Apparently, <kidding. laughs> it doesn't taste like bourbon. It's too smooth. Um, but yeah, it's. You know, maybe just contributing more to that vanilla and and the richness a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's pleasant. It's coming across nicely. Uh, it's in a nice way, not not fighting with anything that's there. I, I probably wouldn't bump up the bourbon too much, honestly. If if you wanted to declare it and have it be a part of the overall flavor profile, you could. But um, okay. anyway, color wise, it's a deep brownish black. It's got a light tan head. In our glass, it faded pretty soon after pouring. Um, you know, it looks clear, but it's hard to tell. It's so almost opaque. Uh, but there's a, you know, just a little ring of fine bubbles remaining. It's not easily roused. It just kind of fell flat. So yeah, I would have liked to see that nitro version of it. Uh, would have been fun to, um, uh, experience that with you. But, you know, yeah, appearance wise, I gave it a two out of three just because the head fell flat, but that's fine. It sure. can be kind of low carbonation style anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but you should have some head remaining. Um, flavor wise. So, the flavor was a little different than the aroma. I liked it as well. I really liked the aroma. The flavors were, I thought, maybe we could do a little work, but I, I did get a rich roasted and, and chocolatey malt notes up front. Medium low bitterness. Rich, but it's smooth. It's not, what I like about it is it's not too acidic. There's a, there's just a, you know, a little hint of the dark malts and it's not biting or harsh at all. Just really smooth. Um, so, you know, I'd like to know what you did with your, well, A, with your water and, you know, any, any adjustments you did, how you, how you dialed that back. Cause that's something that JP works on too with his, his oatmeal stout to get that, yeah. that roughness and that bitterness back out of the way for his. So you could, you could probably school him, uh, on that. Uh, yeah, low, low fruitiness overall, just a hint of some dark fruit in there. Not, it's not like one of those raisiny rich plum like ones, just, a, just a hint of the esters. Finishes kind of semi-sweet. It's not, it's not anywhere near cloying, which is nice. Um, it's not entirely sweet. Uh, there's enough sweetness there that you can taste it, but it's not, and it's letting some of the the richness of the malt shine through over the top of the sweetness. But um, you know, kind of the balance with everything that's going on in this beer, it's it's nice where it is. But you could stand to make it a little bit sweeter. Uh, I get a nice chocolatey aftertaste, uh, but it's medium. It's not. You know, when you say double chocolate, we guessed, as you said, that it's a big chocolatey milk stout. It's it's chocolatey. It's rich, but it's, you know, maybe because there are so many other things going on, it's not like that's the only game in town. It's kind of blending in with all the other flavors. Uh, Mouthfeel-wise, medium, towards medium full-bodied with a low carbonation, smooth and nicely rounded from, you know, the, the sugars that are in the beer. It's kind of feels full, as it should. Creamy and pleasant. 
Uh, no astringency. Just a little hint of warmth. It seems like it's maybe a little towards the big side for the style. This can go up to about 6%. And, you know, it might be might be around there. Or maybe the booze is giving you the, the, the essence of some warmth. I don't know. But... Um, we're so, definitely over. We're definitely over seven percent. Yeah. Okay. It's 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 a little a little big for the milk stout, so you'd probably want to pull that back uh, if you want it to fit that style. But as pleasant as it is, very pleasant drinking, creamy, smooth, sweet, sweet milk stout, declared double chocolate. That comes through nicely in the aroma, less in the flavor, uh, but still really pleasant. And uh, you know, maybe I don't know. You, you put a lot of chocolate in it already. Find a way to to either bump that up. Or without sacrificing the nice balance you have here, or else kind of pull some of the other things back. You know, pull back that ABV a little bit, get it towards the, uh, you know, if it's above 6%, get it down at least to the 6 And then uh, you can also, yeah, uh, you know, just back off that, um, you know, get the sweetness to come out a little bit more, too. Okay. So, um, yeah, I don't know what you, I imagine you got some. Lactose going on here. I'm not sure how much, uh, you know, what yep. your additions were and stuff. We'll talk about your recipe once, uh, once sure. Keith, uh, pipes in on this one, but I give it a 40. I really like the beer, even though it was slightly big for the style. The chocolate came through nicely. It was kind of as declared. The chocolate could have come through a little more in the flavor, but the aroma was just, just fantastic. It's amazing. Drink it's a lot really of good. Yeah, for sure. I can smell a lot of this. Yeah. Beer. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Keith, what about you, man? Yeah, so I think I think the first question I think you've already asked, you've already answered, Garrett, was just what is it exactly? And, and I, we judged it, I think, as a double chocolate milk stout. And it sounds like what you're saying is it's a chocolate imperial milk stout or a chocolate double milk stout, something along those lines, where it's stronger than it is double the amount of chocolate. Correct. Um, so. My score is going to be a little bit lower because I was looking at it more from, yeah, this is a milk stout. I want to see a little more of the milk stout come out. But now learning that it's probably, you know, it's an imperial milk stout with chocolate, I would probably adjust my score a little bit. But um, okay. so I'll, I'll run through these things. And I think we're going to find a lot of this is is very similar to what, what Brian had. But, you know, the nose really reminiscent to me of the syrup you would get, you know, like Hershey's syrup. And it doesn't sound that exotic, but it was actually really really pleasing to you know that that chocolate milk chocolate nose um and you know going along with sort of that you know chocolate milk impression on the on the aroma i got that entirely that was awesome uh no hops uh roast was subdued really the chocolate stood out um just you know just a hint there under maybe the chocolate otherwise really really clean maybe got like a touch of pepperiness but not not anything really significant there that was the only thing i was like a pickup um super dark brown verging on black virtually opaque for me, the head was pretty much gone. I mean, you know, right now I'm looking at there's like no head there at all. Wondered if that's from the the, the chocolate. If you're using, you know, cocoa nibs, the oil there, if that's uh, hurting that, um, uh, possibly. Um, flavor wise, got a sweet malt, low low chocolate. So I was expecting from the nose uh, a lot more of the chocolate flavor to come through, but really, um, it was more subdued, definitely in the flavor. Got a little bit of roast. Um, balance is definitely toward the sweetness, which is appropriate for a milk stout. Uh, no hop flavor. Very clean overall. I was getting medium alcohol and um, maybe a little touch of graininess, a little biscuit, but uh, and the alcohol was the one thing that stood out to me in the uh, flavor. Um, other than obviously the, the you know the chocolate and and then the uh, the slight roast. Uh, medium full body carbonation was medium to medium low to low, low alcohol warming again, and just a, maybe a touch of astringency. 
uh, from the mall. But I, I don't know. I'm looking more about that now. I'm, you know, I was talking to Brian a little bit about this um, right before we went on here, and I'm like, well, what, to me, I'm getting this sensation in the front of my mouth. I'm like, we were talking, maybe that's alcohol, and and now, you know, now that you talked about adding the the bourbon to it, you know, I'm like, well, I mean, that's probably what it was. Um, so. Um, I, I skipped the scores. Aroma was 10, appearance 2, flavor 14, mouthfeel was 2, and then overall impression I gave it a 7. Uh, said I really love the chocolate nose, the head's low, possibly from the chocolate. Mm-hmm. I asked the question, how big is this beer? It feels a little bit out of style. Uh, dark malt, I think you did a really great job with that. It's not astringent in terms of you know dark malt astringency. I was getting a little more you know, the toast and maybe, you know, probably more. I was actually taking more alcohol than anything else where I was really struggling with there. Um, I think that to me that's the biggest flaw was that it was probably a little too big. Um, other ways, you know, I would probably improve this was a little more sweetness to balance it out. I thought, um, you know, you have chocolate there. I think sometimes, you know, chocolate can be dark chocolate. Obviously, it's not as sweet. Or you can have, you know, sort of a milk chocolate. And the way this beer comes across reminds me more of sort of the milk chocolate sort of flavor. I think just yep. a touch more sweetness there would, would help that out. And maybe the alcohol is drying it out somewhat, too, and it's not letting that sweetness come through as much. So. Sure. So overall, I had a 35. So mine was a little bit lower, but I think that was more on the, on the, you know, on the fact that I was judging it against uh, the milk style style. Understood. Mm-hmm. Understood. And I think when it was on tap on Nitro, I think it presented a lot differently um, in terms of that you know, with the great big head and the, the creaminess. And I think that affected the flavor somewhat, too. Um, yeah. You know, what carbonation tends to do. So Still great yeah, beer, cool. though. I mean, I really, I really enjoy it. Um, don't want to, you know. Thing it and saying I wouldn't and wouldn't drink this beer because I do I am drinking it right now. So. <laughs> oh no 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 all good all good I I I live for feedback and and that's why I'm here. So I can no, imagine it would be Thank yeah you. nice dense mousse like head on that and, oh, and for nice sure. and creamy smooth. Well, oh yeah, it was like a milkshake. Yeah, I like how um, there, you know there's there's a lot of sweetness in the in the in the beer, but I I want to say it's the tannins from the nibs, kind of just cuts it. It kind of cuts a lot of that residual sweetness, so it doesn't it doesn't feel like as big of a beer as it as it is. Mm. You know what I mean? That's, Just kind of that dryness in the center there. Yeah, I, I think the nibs bring that out. And in fact, when I kind of put the recipe together, I dialed back on the hops, knowing that I was going to get some of that dark bitter from the from the nibs out. Wise, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, well, do you have any questions for the guys here, Garrett? Um, so sweetness, you think, well, I can run through the recipe for you if you want to get it. Oh, yeah, sorry, please do. Let's look at that, yeah. All right, so we got 12 pounds of pale malt, uh, a pound of oats, a pound of lactose, 14 ounces of the pale chocolate, 14 ounces of the black prins, Hmm. uh, five ounces of crystal 120, and five ounces of crystal 80, and then, uh, one ounce of nugget for 60 minutes. And you're adding that all in the mash, or you're not cold steeping or anything like that. Sorry. Nope. Nope. Just all right. Stand normal mash. Um, uh, White Labs 007. Big pitch of that. Hmm. Uh, four ounces of nibs. Uh, Post fermentation. Two vanilla beans, and we talked about the bourbon. Uh, for how many gallons? Five. And what about water treatment? What's your water like there? Are you using Are you using local water, and what are you, what are you doing with it? Minneapolis tap water, and it's there's not much in it. It's kind of a nice neutral water. You can do just about anything you want with it. Nice, easy to make dark beers. Uh, I know we have, we don't have much water and much in our water in San Francisco. The pH starts uh, really high, but there's not a lot of bicarbonate to to sort of support dark beers. So I end up having to add 
add stuff back to the water to to keep it from the pH from dropping too low. I don't I don't detect any sort of uh, sour twang here at all or anything like yeah. that. So I think your pH was probably in range. But are you having? Do you notice any problems with that? Are you taking pH readings? What, what are you What are you doing there? I am I am not messing with my water currently. Okay. So that's oh, uh, that's something I. That's yeah. something I haven't gone down down that rabbit hole. Um, it's in the future for me, but I think there's other things I want to work on first. Yeah, no, I mean it's yeah. working for you. So yeah. I mean that's that's part. You know, don't don't mess with something if it's you know if it's not broken, don't fix it. So yeah. So I two weeks ago I brewed the bigger brother to this beer. Um, <laughs> there's a big same, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we want to meet him. Same exact recipe, but I bumped the base malt to 18 pounds. So okay. I'm base beer by the math should come in at about 10.1. Uh, right now that beer is sitting on a pound of toasted coconut and we're going to see where that goes. Wow. That sounds delicious, man. I'm hoping so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything so, else for the, for the homies here? So you're talking about bringing up the sweetness. Do you ah, think yeah. I just bring that up with the lactose or raise the mash temp or what do you think the best approach is? Yeah, maybe a combination of those two things. Uh, that, those two things are what I would suggest. Either bring up the lactose a little bit, or yeah, you might start there. Just bring up the lactose a little bit, and um, but also I think just dialing. If you want to declare it as a a regular, you know, it's not milk stout anymore. They're calling it sweet stout under the British category there in the in the 2015. So you know, goes up to about six. And if you want to dial that back, that chocolate and everything else is going to come through more nicely. It's gonna it's gonna mess with your balance a little bit though too. So. I don't know. Yeah, pull it back. Yeah, so a I, ha- bit. I haven't competed since they did the 2015 revamp. Mm-hmm. So would this end up going under one of the other categories because of the vanilla now, or is it? Yeah, I it mean, sit? it's going to be a specialty anyway. But the the base style would be the sweet stout. So you know, okay. you want to declare the right base style and have that come through nicely along with your special ingredients that you declare. So okay. I would declare the the vanilla and the chocolate, but I wouldn't declare the booze in this one unless you bumped it up or used a harsher booze. <laughs> Yeah. But you don't oh, want to do that. Yeah, that, that was the thing with the big brother. That's that's getting uh, Nicar- seven-year-old Nicaraguan rum. Oh. <laughs> Sounds and, amazing. And you don't have to necessarily declare the base style either exactly like that. You could say it's an imperial milk stout or something, too, if you wanted yeah. to keep it a bigger beer. So you don't have to make it fit into something. But, yeah, we did judge it as a 30A spice urge vet- spice. Or vegetable because of the chocolate, but yeah, okay. that, that was uh, that was kind of where I would enter it. And then you could make yeah. the base style as sort of an imperial imperial milk is probably what I would go with it. That you're going to keep it the same, otherwise, you know, if you dial it back, then it's back to a milk stout. Yeah, 30A with an imperial 16A base. It gets if you get too complicated, you can throw the judges for a loop. Sometimes it might be sure. easier to just keep it simple and you know maybe try it omitting the booze, bump up the sure. lactose a little bit, pull back the alcohol. And just okay. call it a milk, you know, double chocolate milk stout. <laughs> that, okay, that would work fine for me, you know. And if you want to add the vanilla in there, that worked great too. So yeah, yeah. I, I think whenever I've done nibs, I feel like I almost have to put the vanilla in because chocolate doesn't taste like chocolate without it. Yeah, right. You get to the point where you're like the imperial double chocolate milk stout with uh, with vanilla and booze. It's like you're or, you're the guy at Starbucks that orders the, the half calf latte with the. <laughs> You know, oh, one pump of vanilla at 142 degrees with the... You have a point. Yeah. I don't know, but if it's good beer, hey, drink it. Make yeah. it. Make more. How long Damn did you right. leave the nibs on? Uh, two weeks. Okay. For for fun, for shits and giggles, try leaving them on longer. Uh, they get they're, For me, they're similar to oat cubes. Where okay. where the longer you leave them on, you kind of start pulling like more deeper flavors. So the warmer... 
Yeah, like I left him in an oatmeal stout for six months once, and it was not a mistake. Whoa. Yeah, I, I would think so. Like after four, it's like this is kind of weird, but I don't know. Everything kind of comes together after about six months, maybe eight mm. months. Uh, it's really weird. And I just left him in there because I'm a lazy asshole, and I was like, oh, I don't want to, you know, whatever. I have beer left in the keg, whatever. But it was it was interesting. It's like the bitterness comes off first, and then you just get the warmer. Yeah, of the chocolate I mean, even that. even push it to four four weeks and see and see what happens. I've but, never uh, dry nibbed, so yeah, I'd have to. I love it. I'll have to do one of those. It's, it's really good. So um, when I do my vanilla additions, I and how we how I got the booze in here is I soaked the vanilla beans in the bourbon mm-hmm. um, in a jar, and then the whole thing got pitched in. Have you ever soaked nibs in in spirits? And what happens there? Does it start to draw out nastier things because of the high alcohol? I've never done it. I just okay. I've always just thrown them right in. I've never okay. had a problem. I know people, you know, complain or, or they're afraid for cross contaminants or whatever. I've never had a problem. I also do that with with my oak. I, I never yep. sanitize, and I I, I got a, a contaminant one time. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've never had an issue with that. Probably either. fifteen times. So, uh, and it was good. It, it kind of tasted good. I'll be honest with you. It's like <laughs> that weird funky barrel character. Um, sure. So I, I I don't I don't mind it. I will uh, I'm, I will take your uh, your nib advice and uh, run with that the next time I I do uh, a nib beer for sure. Do it. All right, man. All right, man. Thanks, Garrett. Thank appreciate you, it. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Good beer. Yeah. Good beer. But I can see what he means about adding a little sweetness. Maybe and it's not sweetness. Maybe it's mouthfeel because those nibs kind of dry it out a little bit. Yeah. They pull that down a little bit. Um, okay. Anyway, we're going to take a break. Speaking of pulling it down. I don't know. Drop. Actually, before we do that, I have to talk. I have to make talky real fast. Uh, February, everybody, this is February. It's a time of year when you give your loved one what they desire most, a label. After all, if you're anything like us, you most your most prized possession is your latest batch of homebrew. So treat it like the amazing miracle it is and label the thing. For the month of February, take 20% off your order. Not 10 like usual, but 20% off when you use code WELOVEYOU. It's all one word. We love you at checkout. That's right. 20% off your next batch of custom beer labels from Grog Tag. That's right, our friends at Grog Tag are giving us 20% off by using code WE LOVE YOU, all one word at checkout. Check them out. GrogTag.com. Custom beer labels, coasters, metal signs, and more. GrogTag.com. 20%, dude. That's I could good. Use, I could use 20%. Uh, okay, here we go. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back um, and we're going to drink more beer. It's Dr. Homebrew. Hang out. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. 
More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Now, back to the examination. All right, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Before we get to our next friend, our next uh, patient, I suppose. On our, our future Holmberg. enemy, depending on how things go. <laughs> that's right. Well, hey, that's on you. I'm doing my job. Okay. If you guys want to bone this dude right in the head, then uh, you know, go for it. Uh, this is from our friends at White Labs. With so many unique and awesome yeast strains, how do you decide which one to use? White Labs recently lost, launched a yeast bank feature on their website, which allows you to browse their entire selection for the perfect strain to use in your next batch. You can search by style, keyword, homebrew, or professional sizes and more. Visit whitelabs.com slash yeastbank to try it out. Don't keep guessing which strains will work best for you, like me, basically. Don't don't pull a JP. Uh, do a quick search and find the perfect strain to make your next homebrew shine. All right, look, Maybe we could get that. our listeners to uh, you know rally for a certain yeast strain, too. You know, that would be kind of fun. Yeah, like... Uh, I want... What does the chat room want to do? What yeast strain do you guys want to... Right? Is I... The two people that are in the chat room right now. Yeah. I want some weird Eastern Estonian, you know, wild ale yeast. The special orange juicy Vermont yeast. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Uh, Matthew, are you in the phone, buddy? We got you. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Hey. Pretty good. Oh, I need to get you guys the beer. Do you, you don't you don't have Matt's beer, do you? Let me get it for uh, Matt. How long you been home brewing, man? What's oh. what's your story? We can do this one. Uh. On and off for about six years, but in the last year and a half, I've been brewing pretty uh, pretty heavily. Okay, why? Just uh, just because you you got more into it, or did you find some free time? I'm always interested to see why, you know, the the ebbs and flows of people's uh, home brewing. Uh, you know, kids. <laughs> yeah, that's just no, it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just kids. That's it. That's the reason. No, I. Uh, you know, I like experimentation. Most of my stuff's one-offs, except for a few things I've been trying to clone. So, you're okay, not, um, you're not supposed to give kids beer, though. You're brewing it for your kids. <laughs> Is that what I'm getting out of this? Uh, I'm sure everything's above board over there in that. Time. Okay, uh, Matt, what beer did you send us? I sent you a chocolate quad. Oh. Okay, a cho- like a a, a, a Belgian a, a Belgian a quad. quad. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, Keith, why don't you? Uh, do you want to start us off with this? Uh, sure. This monster beer. I'd love to. Um, I was judging this as a Belgian uh, dark strong, category twenty six D. Um, it's probably my fault. 
No, no, no it was on the yeah. cap, but yeah. Okay. Is it chocolate on it? No. 2015, 2016. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. okay. Um, we can do this. Okay, so Roma, I got a sweet, uh, light biscuit. Uh, got a medium, peppery pear uh, nose. Um, strong alcohol. Um, also, uh, I'm not getting any roast. Uh, overall, really clean and just a, a light floral hop aroma. Um, appearance, uh, I'd say it's dark cola in color. Um, not opaque, but you know, getting that range. If, you're, if I were judging it for a Belgian dark strong, it's on the very high end uh, for color. Uh, head isn't too big, uh, kind of subdues pretty quickly, but it, it, there's a lasting uh, light tan color around the uh, around the glass. So in flavor, I'm getting a, a big alcohol note. Um, Probably the you know thing that jumps out at me. Uh, balance is nearly even, but definitely leans toward the malt. Um, once again, getting a sweet malt, toasty, biscuity, just a, a hint of chocolate roast, uh, peppery, fairly dry for being so sweet. Um, but you know, obviously, alcohol also gives you some sweetness too. So it, it does sort of balance out there. Um, more toasty than caramel. We'll get some caramel as well. Uh, once again, fairly clean. Not not getting anything off. Uh, just getting the normal sort of phenols and and uh, esters you'd get in, in a Belgian beer. Medium carbonation, a little low for the style. Let's see a little more carbonation for the style here. Uh, alcohol is very evident, so it's warming. Um, not not quite smooth in terms of alcohol flavor. Uh, medium body, appropriate. And overall impression, uh, I mean, I really, I really like the beer a lot, but I thought the alcohol for me at this point in time was just a little, a little too hot. Um, you know, I, I thought it was fairly complex with the, the biscuity, um, sort of nose of chocolate and, uh, you know, an interesting, uh, you know, fermentation characteristics there with a little bit of pepperiness, a little bit of pear. Um, enjoyed that, but I thought, um, you know, maybe some age would make the, the alcohol, you know, be a little bit smoother. So overall, I gave it a 35. All right. Brian, you're Okay. Up. Yeah, so I also judged it as a Belgian Dark Strong. And um, just per the cap there. But uh, in the aroma, it's multi-rich. has has some notes of uh, definite cocoa notes and light coffee in there. Esters are restrained, and the phenolic uh, notes are also pretty restrained. Uh, only a faint kind of pepperiness in there. Uh, but, yeah, it's not offensive at all there. No DMS or DAS at all. The alcohol is actually pretty smooth in the nose to me. It seems to be moderate. It's like, okay. there's some there's some alcohol in there, but it's not, like, overwhelming my nose. Um, I'm not getting a lot of raisin, fig, or plum complexity in there. Uh, you know, there's a bit of dark toast. There's no obvious hop, and uh, but yeah, it's a lot of a lot of a lot of chocolate in there, which now which now makes more sense to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Appearance-wise, it pours a large, fluffy, light tan head, but that it just kind of bubbled down and faded pretty quickly after pouring. Uh, the body of the beer is a medium brown color. Uh, it's very you know towards the very darker end of the style, showing some slight haze, um, but. You know, looks all right. Just faded a little quick there. You, you want to keep that head up a little longer. Um, it's it was kind of a low fill too. I noticed on um, both of the bottles we 
uh, are looking at. <laughs> so anyway, um, I don't know if that might have had to do with the uh, carbonation getting lost a little bit or the, the filling technique in the bottles. You can tell us how you filled it, but I think it's probably might be off a keg. I don't see any dregs down here, but it's hard to tell. Um, yeah, it's appear- so dark. Appearance-wise, multi-sweet up front. It's got a, and it stays medium-sweet into the finish, which I kind of thought was almost a bit much. Um, it seems cleanly fermented, but it lacks some of the, you know, the, the Belgian yeast character is really light. It's just a... Um, you know, a little bit of pepperiness. There's a little bit of some, you know, the, the plum esters in there, along with some sweet chocolate, which now makes more sense. And vanilla <laughs> notes, uh, uh, there's some alcohol definitely prominent, uh, and it is a bit hot. It comes across a little, a little rough. Uh, but it's not, you know, it, it's not really detestably harsh or anything like that. It's just really, a little like, oh, at the end you get a little sweetness and then boom, the alcohol just kind of stays through and lingers past it. <laughs> uh, the bitterness is low and out of the way, which was nice. It's got a sweet multi aftertaste and just, you know, pretty pleasant flavor. Um, body wise, it's medium, um, medium full, uh, actually quite, it's towards very full, actually. <laughs> it's, 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 um, the carbonation is medium high. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, in the it just kind of, I don't know. It seems weird, but it seems like there's some carbonation in here. But for some reason, the head just fell flat. It poured up a pretty big head both times that I poured it, so it seems like there's something in there, but it it just dropped. So yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, well, well, with an alcoholic beer, it can it can drop a little bit fast, but yeah, uh, maybe it's a, like way towards the high alcohol side of the style, and it's just dropping that down. Um, there's some very firm warming in the back of the throat here. It's not. Too harsh, but it's also not as smooth as it could be. It's it's it's, it's a little a little bit hot, uh, not not very creamy and smooth. Uh, but there's no obvious astringency either. Uh, just everything's kind of, you know, the um, the things that are over the top here. The the warming and the carbonation might be driving some of that too, and the the, the fullness of the body. All of that together makes for a real mouthfeel experience here. <laughs> um. But, you know, overall, the beer meets a number of the, the benchmarks for a good uh, Belgian Dark Strong or a Quad. Um, I would like a little more of the kind of the fruity malty flavors, and the alcohol could be slightly smoothed out. It could be obscuring some of that stuff, too, you know, a little bit. Um, just keep your ferment temperature under control. Pitch massive, massive, happy, healthy, wonderful yeasts, and, uh, you know, maybe third generation after another big ferment you did or something and just keep building it up and and uh keep that yeast going but, that's the key to a beer like this and that might also attenuate it a little better too you know try to try to uh attenuate it down just a little bit more like just a touch drier mm-hmm. you know i mean it's it's not cloyingly sweet but it's, it's pushing towards that a little bit to me i gave it a 33 though i think it's a it's a pleasant beer I bumped it up a point because I, you know, it does have a lot of good chocolate in there. At first, I was gonna say, well, yeah, you know, Belgian dark strong. Usually, a lot of the dark colors and flavors come from the sugars in there. And the recipes are quite simple. It doesn't have a lot of specialty malts in it all the time. That you know, it's not a big like, oh, let's put a lot of this and that, something else in there. But yeah, you know, I, I would imagine there might be some some chocolate malt in here too, or some some sort of a malt that besides just the chocolate that's giving it that richness. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a very good beer. I liked it a lot, and it could use a little dialing in. But, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing it, Matt. Awesome. Do you have any questions for these guys, Matt, on anything they said? 
Uh, well, you know, actually, I was trying to uh, to clone a uh, Castile's uh, barista chocolate. Hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever I don't know it. that one. Yeah, have any? Have any either? Yeah, they actually have it on tap. Uh, they have it on tap at our local yard house. We'll be uh, right over. <laughs> I was trying to go for that beer is like super chocolatey. Yeah. And, so I is this, this less is or I, more to you? Is it less or more chocolatey? This is way less. Yeah, um, it's because theirs is pretty over the top. I've never been able to obtain that kind of chocolatiness in a beard. I've tried a few mm. times. Yeah, uh, we have the battle of the chocolate beers tonight yeah, the, here. So. <laughs> we can give you tips so from the, the beer we just tasted a minute ago, and uh, you know, and, and some feedback there about how to up up the chocolate. But no, let, let us know what you did. What, what did you try to do to get the chocolate flavor? Yeah, right? actually, if you want to run through your recipe first, man, that'd be yeah. uh, that'd be ideal. So I use this was a uh, well, six gallon batch, so okay. five and a half pounds of uh, of pills, uh, twelve ounces of pale chocolate. Four ounces of uh, Carafa Special Two, two pounds of D90, and pound and a half of Turbinado, and then uh, let's see, hops, two ounces of uh, EKG, and uh, pitched uh, uh, I think a three liter starter of uh, of WLP 500. So the D90 is the like the dark candy syrup. Yeah. So you did yeah. that and turbinado sugar. Why? Why both of them? Just for well, some complex I flavors. I undershot my gravity, so oh, okay. I ended up just compensating a little bit with turbinado. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, I, you guys mentioned ferment temp. I use a brew pie. I pretty much locked down first three days, sixty six, and then I let it ramp up to to seventy eight. So that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. All what right. What was your yeast and pitch? Then the secondary, there's actually 12 ounces of cocoa nibs for three days. 12 Oh, for three days. Okay. Yeah. Leave them. Leave them shits, dude, for like three weeks. Minimum. Would you back off I, from the I've 12 ounces? I've done that before and uh, in, a, in a stout. Yeah. And it came out like super acrid. Huh, yeah. acrid. Like harsh and astringent or biting. Yeah, with oh, the, yes. yeah, a lot of tannin. What, There's a lot of plant matter. How many uh, How many nibs did you use? Sorry. What was the weight? 12 ounces. 12 ounces. Okay, yeah. I would, uh, for, for five gallons or six gallons, I would go two ounces, maybe three ounces of nibs for for like three weeks. So less less amount, longer time. Okay. And. I think last last beer we we uh, just judged before this, he used cocoa nibs as well, and he added uh, vanilla back to the beer, which was a really interesting addition, and really did sort of give you more of that that chocolate sensation because the the cocoa nibs, like you like you thought, it gives you some of the harshness. So uh, the vanilla, you know, pres- and, you know, the cocoa nibs don't necessarily give you a lot of sweetness, but the vanilla does give you that perception of sweetness. So I think that would be an interesting thing to add back as well to sort of play up the chocolate a little bit more. Yeah, because the uh, nibs aren't sweet at all, as you know. You probably threw one in your mouth or two. It's um, there, there's no there's no sugar added. There's no fat added back. There's nothing. It's just it's just a nut, a fermented nut pod thing. So, um, but it, it'll give you cocoa like a bitter chocolate, you know. But it won't it won't seem like that sweet dark chocolate that that it sounds like what you're going for. So yeah, maybe maybe try some of that some of the you know a little bit of the vanilla trick from uh, trick from Garrett or. Uh, 
Um, yeah, something along those lines. JP's our nib guy here. <laughs> yeah, man. I but mean, it, it kind of makes sense to use less, less plant matter and pull more out of it that you mm. can with the... Because with the time, as long as the flavors that are still coming out of it after those many days are is still pleasant. Yeah, and, and again, it's it's like what I was telling Garrett, where where they're kind of like oat cubes in my mind, where the longer you let them soak, the more the beers are going to pr- penetrate and kind of draw stuff out. Um, and I don't know if that's valid or not, but uh, I've you know I, that that's what I found. Just the longer they sit in there, they kind of change and do some funky, deeper um, kind of cocoa flavors. Again, it's not chocolate; it's cocoa. Right? Your nibs mellow, man. Yeah, yeah. So give it a shot and see you know and see what happens, man. The the other thing about the recipe that I I didn't think really after the fact I don't think it needs it at all is the craft special. Mm-hmm. It's four ounces. It came out. I know you mm. sa- you were saying it's on the very dark end. I didn't intend for it to come out that dark. If uh, you want to add, yeah, you could pull that back or pull it out. Yeah, next time don't need it. But uh, it you know this the the whole chocolate flavor. There's another beer, uh, local beer here uh, in Arizona uh, from Prescott Brewery called Achocalypse. <laughs> it's it's basically the same kind of chocolate flavor that the the Castiles has, and in, I mean it'll blow you away. Hmm. I this is the only two beers I've ever tasted that had, I mean it's crazy over the top chocolate. And, cool. Um, but I've done some experimentation with with some with. Uh, with coffee beans recently, and uh, I got some like local uh, from a local specialty store uh, milk chocolate coffee beans, and that kind of took me a little <laughs> bit closer to that flavor. So, milk chocolate coffee beans; those have to be just flavor added to the beans. But you know, and, and I've tried I've tried to get chocolate uh, flavor from. Uh, you know, from extract, it's not the same. It's, no, you no. can do like you can do the Jamil's, you know, Jamil's chocolate hazelnut porter, where he just takes like Hershey's powdered chocolate, um, but it has to be under a certain fat content, or else it kills your head, um, and just adds that to the to the secondary. Just the mm. darkest just, good chocolate you can get. Yeah, because yeah. You, you know what I mean. There, there is that difference between like cocoa or cacao, right? Um, and actual chocolate. Like they process the cacao nibs, and uh, you know they're they're roasted. Make sure you're getting roasted uh, nibs, and then um, they take the fat out and they kind of add that back with some sugar, and that's how they get the the chocolate, right? With all that fat in it. Um, so if you're going for that, but using nibs, you're never going to hit that mark. Um, and you know what? You might try writing these people and just asking them, hey, you know, I'm a homebrew and I'm trying to get a similar flavor. How are you getting this chocolate? Uh, I, I would be shocked if they didn't at least point you in the right path. Um, but nibs are good. I think they can give you that kind of the, the sort of in the realm of what you want, but they're never going to get you exactly what you want because it's not it's not the same thing. You, you, you see what I'm saying? It's like a, a I, it's like a primered you. car. Yeah. I get you. Uh... Yeah, no, it's just more. Ex- I've done a lot of experimentation on, uh, <laughs> you know, I've I've done cocoa nibs versus uh, cocoa powder, and yeah. and time wise, I thought uh, cocoa nibs gave me a better chocolate flavor in less amount of time. Yeah, because uh, I've you know I I did one experiment where where I did like eight ounces of uh, cocoa nibs versus for for three days, or no, it was five days versus. 30 days on the same amount of cocoa powder. Personally, I like the I like the uh, nibs better and mm-hmm. it, it was so much shorter time, so. Yeah. I wonder if you can combine those two flavors. 
Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, trust me, dude, pull, pull it, take the amount of nibs down and increase your contact time. Like, I'd leave him in the keg for three months, and I, actually, I would I would put him in the keg, carbonate it, and then just drink it and leave it in there until the five-gallon keg was gone. And it would be two months, three months, four months, uh, and the flavor just changes. It's friggin' amazing. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, to, I'll, to, I'll to try that. Yeah, check it out. I mean, maybe not in a, an expensive beer like it sounds like this was, uh, but you know, just uh, yeah, do a little more experimentation with le- less is more. You know, less less uh, product, more time, and uh, you know, maybe you can get a little bit closer to that. All right, I'll have to try that out. Yeah. Uh, anything else for the guys here? Uh, you said the car- the carbonation was a little low. I did actually. It's 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 a uh, bottle conditioned. It is okay. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah, the fills were low, but it it the head just fell a little flat. I, don't, I wasn't sure if it was low carbonation or or Maybe just the, falling due to the alcohol. Well, it could be also the cocoa nibs, you know, the oil, and the oils, the oil yeah. there as well. But yeah, I mean the one the one fill we have is is barely at the shoulder. It's just past the shoulder a little bit, which seems a little for a competition. You'd want to fill it up, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. It, you know, it, half inch, three quarters an inch from the the cap. Yeah, I, I was calculated for what two point nine volumes, but if it if it's low, it probably comes out less than that, right? Yeah, a little bit, but yeah, two point nine. If you're gearing for that, you know, it's because there's more trapped and there's more headspace for the for the gas. But to if you're bottle conditioning, sometimes too, you you don't get all the sugar converted, especially with those stronger beers. Down, mm. you know, yeast has already been yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Like Five hundred has a pretty good yeast tolerance but it depends on it's it's been in the bottle for uh like almost seven months now so wow, wow. yeah it should be should be through that priming sugar <laughs> it's a good beer though definitely fun yeah, tasting for sure. and um sounds like you had fun brewing it yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try it again i'm gonna keep tweaking it so do it man do it yeah try that yeah. uh try that vanilla uh thing too from the last uh from the last guy yeah, you know i i also had someone mention i, I did a, a hazelnut mm-hmm. uh brown ale and people commented that it tasted like chocolate so hmm. there you go yeah you know, maybe it's, maybe a touch of that too to you yeah. know Trick people? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even with the vanilla, you can take a bottle you have now with the vanilla and just add a couple of drops into there a glass go. you're tasting and see what you think. And if you don't like it, then, yeah, screw that. But if, if it is something that, you know, give it to somebody else, let them taste it. Hey, does this taste like ch- more like chocolate or this one? Mm-hmm. And if they taste the vanilla one, I'm like, well, that one's a lot more chocolatey. Then you kind of you kind of have a lead there. That that's you can do a go. triangle test. That would be a perfect triangle test, right? Yeah. Yep. And, you know. Some styles lend themselves better to chocolate than others. I don't know that I would choose to put chocolate in a Belgian dark strong myself. It, it's okay, but it's, you know, you can also experiment with different kinds of chocolate and see which ones might blend better with this. Try well, try a little pale chocolate malt in there, you know, if you, yeah, I you wonder, want tr- a little trick there, but yeah. I wonder if you, if you do need some of those darker grains to kind of help simulate the actual addition of a chocolate bar or whatever. Uh, yeah. Because I find they work really well in American stouts with a lot of pale chocolate. Like my own style has a ton of pale chocolate, uh, and the nibs work just beautifully together. Yeah, or that. blend you know blend some nibs with some some cocoa. Yeah, from what I understand, you know uh, the, the 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 process of making cocoa takes some of the bitterness out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but you add sugar back to kind of yeah. cut that. Well, they process it with alkali to to remove some of the bitterness and turn it into more of a chocolate like cocoa thing. Mm. So yeah. But um, yeah, again, you got to watch out for the fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give it a shot. Keep us posted, man. 
All right. Well, you got to seek out that Castile's Breeze of Chocolate. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to Arizona in a couple months. I'll check it. I'll try to find that one. It's a, it's a Belgian beer, so yeah. Oh, for, okay. It yeah, should yeah. be everywhere. All right. Yeah, man. And hey, Matt. You know, check out. Uh, email those breweries. See if they, uh, you know, when I was making, I did like a, a Schlinkerlock clone. I emailed those people, and uh, they were they they couldn't tell me exactly, but they really put me on the right path and cleared up some information, some misinformation on the internet. And so, just throw throw an email out. They you'd be surprised what you get back. All right, I'll have to try that. Yeah, do it. All right, buddy. Thanks, cool. man. I appreciate it. All right, thanks. All right, dude. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Right. Later. Still a good beer. Yeah, very good. Yeah. I didn't realize this was the chocolate show. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, neither did I, man. Neither did I, but it's great. Uh, with chocolate. We're going to take a quick uh, break here as soon as I load it up. But uh, when we come back, we have prizes to give away. Somebody's going to win a Catalyst. Today is the Catalyst show. Uh, we've talked about the Catalyst. It's made from plastic. It's over 90% more scratch-resistant than other plastic conicals. It is a plastic conical, of course. And 71% less oxygen permeable. It's a low-profile stand design. allows it to fit snugly in your fridge or right on your countertop. Cleaning is a breeze because the entire lid snaps off, so you can be sure to get all those little crusties off the sides, which I've been brewing a lot lately, and I've been using the three-gallon carboys, and I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it, and I wish just the whole thing would just lift up so I, I can it turn up. it over and just, yeah. and just clean it off, man. It, yeah, I, that was the it. one thing when I went from using the buckets that I started with my kit to using carboys. It's like, well, how do you, you know, yeah, you can get so much with the brush, but I wish I could just reach in there and yeah. do it. You know? Oh, man. Um, but perhaps the best part, Brian, is the giant three-inch butterfly valve at the bottom, allowing you to attach any size mason jar at the bottom for yeast collection during fermentation. Recently, they've teamed up with Stone Brewing Company to offer a homebrew version of the famous Stone Pale Ale. So be sure to check it out under the product section of their website. Learn more, craftabrew.com. That's right, craftabrew.com. Makes the catalyst. They also do a bunch of other homebrew stuff. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Stone Brewing Pale Ale, man. Everyone loves that beer. All right, we're going to take a fast break. We're going to come back. We're going to give some stuff away, and then we're going to go drink more beer. It's Dr. Homebrew. Hang on. We'll be right back. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today admitted homebrewing is not always free of frustrations years ago brothers bill and jim mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance the pico brew zymatic the zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via wi-fi it comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button improve repeatability and refine your recipes 
Zymatic's with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of home brewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of home brewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, before we get to the good stuff, I do guys want, I, I do guys, I do that all the time. When I'm coming back and I'm in a rush, I, go, I do guys, I do guys want to tell you. Uh, I, want, I do guys, period. That's my new website, iDoGuys.com, where I talk about beer. It's really weird. Um, your brewing water can be a mystery. If it's good enough to drink, it's good enough to brew with. I'm sure that's. I mean, that's what I. That's what I talk about whenever I try to brew. Uh, but we all know perfect. Uh, we all know to perfect certain styles of beers, proper water chemistry is vital. But running water tests can be complicated and expensive. But not anymore with the new iDip. Talked about it before. The Industrial Test Systems is the is the company who makes it. The Smart Brew Water Testing Kit incorporates the exact iDip smart photometer system. The only photometer on the market that harnesses the power of the smartphone and runs water tests without you doing a pile of calculations. We hate math here on Dr. Homebrew and the Brewing Network in general uh, because we were, you know, that's just who we are. The iDip features two-way Bluetooth communication with the brain of the system, which is its own unique app. It allows limitless possibilities, including lab accuracy, free upgrades, test customization, over 35 tests available, mobile sharing, and much more. You can keep a detailed history of your water results, email your report to other brewers, or share it on social media. So if you have a club, um, you, or if you're, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're brewing for the day in a commercial brewery, this is perfect for commercial breweries, by the way, um, you can just share, share all the information so everybody's up to date. Visit smartbrewkit.com now and learn more about the iDip photometer and all the tests it can do for you, like pH, alkalinity, calcium, chloride, magnesium, sodium, sulfate, and more. It's like having your own professional water lab in the palm of your hands. Yeah, it's a quick and easy way to test your water, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Smartbrewkit.com. All right, let's give some stuff away. Huh? Yeah. Oh, my papers are falling. Stuff. And things. <laughs> things and things. What do we have? The catalyst. We have the catalyst. So uh, of course we have our our lovely sponsors, Grog Tag, uh, which by the way, dude, twenty percent off. I'm not gonna lie, that's a pretty good deal. We love you. That's the code. GrogTag.com. Uh, they are giving away a forty dollar gift certificate to um, to the. It's the at least your beer will look good. $40 gift certificate, uh, and that goes to the person with, uh, I don't want to say the lowest score. I want to say the, the second highest score. <laughs> How about that? Can we do that? Is that appropriate? Does it make the it most, better? Uh, vertically challenged score. Yeah. I actually had the scores at the same, so for me... Uh, oh. <laughs> so you're not the bad guy. Brian's the bad guy. factor. Yeah. Good cop today. Okay. <laughs> it's the first first time ever, I'd have to say. Wow. There you go. I, well, um, Matt gets the, the grog tag. There you go, Matt. There you go. You won $40 to grogtag.com. This beer tastes pretty damn good, That's too. That's pretty good, man. But now you can, you can throw a fat label on there. Or, look, dude, coasters... 
And I think it'd be pretty cool, a metal sign. And you don't just have to go for the labels. They do a whole bunch of other custom stuff. So that means uh, Garrett wins the Catalyst. Congratulations, Garrett, for uh, for winning the Catalyst yeah, for, for brewing that, that beer. Oh, yeah, for sure. And for all the details of what you're going to get, go to craftabrew.com and, uh, and check it out. And for those of you who are jealous of Garrett, I will give you his address, and you can go <laughs> steal it from him uh, because it's really communal property. Those craft is brew really guys, is. they started as a Kickstarter thing, wasn't it? Or a, they did, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, the the catalyst they was made a, was their a funding and then some and yeah yeah they love it and so they're they're giving back to uh, you know and the the listeners of on Doctor Homebrew but on the brewing network in general are pretty big uh, backers of that so they're kind of just they're giving us one a month to give away yeah it's the, it's pretty nice. the plastic on those things is it's almost like glass looking it's pretty cool yeah those for are- sure. So thank you very much um, to Craft a Brew. Thank you very much to Garrett and Matt for sending us beers. Um, before we leave, however, uh, have you seen what the free A Brew Guru app can do for you. It delivers brewing knowledge and money-saving deals at breweries, beer bars, and homebrew supply shops. Uh, it's designed by the American Homebrewers Association, so you, you know it's not full of crap. It effortlessly finds deals and saves money on beer, food, and brewing supplies with your uh, Zymergy, or not your Zymergy, your, your AHA discount. That's what it does. Uh, you can level up your brew IQ, they say, with hand-picked articles, recipes, and trusted resources from the AHA and Zymergy magazine. And, of course, it has a really cool brewery locator. You find nearby breweries, tap rooms, beer bars, homebrew supply shops, and brew pubs. Wherever you are, Brew Guru will lead you to good beer. And it's free. It's all free. So tie that thing in, man, with your AHA discount or with your AHA code and learn to fire up your discount wherever you go. And uh, and save yourself some cash, man. You'll more than make up the 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 amount of your um, of your uh, membership to the AHA. Is that all we have? That's all we got. All your reads. That's all we got. Cool. We're ready. We're ready to go. Uh, for you listening live, we're going to be right back in about five minutes or so with another show. For those of you listening to the podcast, just, I don't know, flip to the next uh, flip to the next show. Or if you're... Uh, enjoy, what, six more weeks of winter while you're at it. That's right, yeah, for, you in for the, sure. In the, if you're in the Bay Area, look up our Beer Judging 101 class that I have coming up with my buddy Dave Techum. And, uh, when is that? It's on the, the la- uh, second to last day of SF Beer Week on the 19th. 19th of uh, February. February. All right. Yeah. That's so, cool. SF Beer Week's coming up soon. We're gonna have some fun out here, guys. Come on out and join us. How do you uh, How do you get more information? Go to um, well, you can go to the the sfbeerweek.org site and okay. you can find search for it there. Okay, sounds good. Beer judging one one one. Sounds good. Uh, and if you're looking for more radio like this, uh, well, there isn't really anything because we're a unique podcast. But there's other beer radio. There's uh, the session, and there's brewing with style, and all sorts of kind of fun stuff like that. So check us out, and uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks a lot. Cheers. 